Thank you for listening to The Wonder Podcast. I'm Joe Vacanti. It's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life God always imagined for you. How is life working for you? And if it's not, well, this is the life you've chosen. If you're a person of faith in this room, you've chosen to give Jesus your life, how is following God working for you? If it's not working, why? If it is working, why? This is an important problem to solve and question because we are a church that is moving into the future. And we have to make a decision. What are the things that are we going to carry into the future with us? And another question that resonates in a lot of people's hearts, what are we passing on to the next generation? We need to be a church who carry the heart of God into the future. So what are we carrying in there? So we're going to look at an example of a leader in scripture, something he carried forward. And it's in the book of Mark, verse one. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God. As it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord makes straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He goes on to say in verse seven, and this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I was confused why John would say, I'm not worthy. It strikes me as odd because John was the guy that an Old Testament prophet said, hey, there's one coming. He is God's messenger. I mean, if someone says about you, you are going to be God's messenger. How could God's messenger not be worthy to untie a sandal? John was a guy of character. He took some oaths and vows, and he actually kept them. He actually did what he said he was going to do. He was a man of his convictions, and he even died for those convictions. I mean, you'd say, if there's anyone was worthy, this was it. This was the guy. And yet he says, I'm not worthy. So then an angel speaks to John's father before he's born. An angel says this in Luke 1. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you're going to call him John, and he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice in his birth, for he will be great in the sight 
of the Lord. Now to pause for a moment, if an angel says to your parents, you are going to be great in the sight of the Lord. People are going to rejoice because you're here. How could you think that you're not worthy to untie sandals? Goes on to say, he is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit before he was born. It's like, okay, once again, if someone said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit before you're even born, you're going to be filled with God's presence. How could you not be worthy to untie a sandal? Goes on to say, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. He's going to turn the hearts of their parents to their children and the disobedient to wisdom of righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. If an angel says, you're going to have the power of a great prophet who was before you, how do you come to the conclusion that you are not worthy We have an angel and we have a prophet. Now let's bring Jesus into it to mess it up even further. Because here's what Jesus says in Matthew 11. I tell you the truth of all who have ever lived. None is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. You have the prophet. You have an angel. And now if Jesus goes out of his way to tell people, listen, I am telling you the truth. None is greater than John the Baptist. How is he not worthy? It's because people who lead the way possess humility. Even if you think you've arrived, you choose humility. Even once you get the title, says it on my nameplate, humility. Even if everyone speaks well of you, we choose humility. These are the leaders that God uses. We have to make a choice this season, dying to pride and living to humility. I don't think John, John would have been wrong if he was like, You know, an angel said, I'm going to be great in the sight of the Lord, and I'm going to turn people to God. You know, I'm God messenger. So just so you know, revival, it's coming through me. But he never said it because he chose humility. If we were there with John, you know, if you were part of his crew, and you heard all these things, I mean, you'd probably be excited because I want to go where the success is, you know, and this is my guy. I mean, John, Angel spoke well of you. I mean, if, if we're looking right now for a resume, for like job experience or to elevate someone, wouldn't we choose John? I mean, if you look at his resume, you say, John, you need to be in leadership. John, you have to own the company. You're the one who needs to own the company. You need to be the boss, the president. John, you need to be the leaders of the leaders. We would, we would think this based upon everything that was said and the life he lived. And yet, here's what John says. Well, first, Jesus said something. He says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life. And Jesus said, I'm here to serve. So when John says, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes, 
Is it possible that here we see the attitude of humility? I am the servant of servants. And then in John 3, John says this. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare a way for him. He's talking to his students and he goes on to say, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. What John points out in this passage is that humility is a door holder. Humility is a door holder because we point the way to Jesus. Now, John the Baptist didn't have children, but he did have students. Uh, And the word they use in the Bible when you read it is the word disciple. But it's another word for students. He had people who were trying to learn his ways and do what he did. But John, although he had students, there came a time where he would say, you're leaving me now. I've opened up this door. This is the one I've been trying to have you fall under his voice, fall under his leadership, and you need to go. This is humility's definition of success. This is humility's definition and desire, the joy of watching people find Jesus, just as a friend stands and watches the bride and the bridegroom. So for some in this room right now, your parents, we prepare the way for how our kids are going to see God. But there comes a time where we actually release our kids into the world. And what our hope is, is that when we release our kids into the world, they will continue to follow under the voice and leadership of Jesus. How do we pass on our way to the next generation? Some people here are grandparents. You're investing in your grandkids. We immediately think it's children's ministry. There's a part of that. That's why we actually have a children's ministry. But if you really think about it practically, if, if you were to show up 52 weeks a year, and just to free you of condemnation, I'm not here 52 weeks a year. So that the kids are there 52 weeks, and they, you know, it's a 10-minute message, and they actually retain all 10 minutes. That time of getting information into their brain is not enough time. See, the classroom of your home is a far greater influence. The classroom of what happens in your house, that is far greater influence than any children's ministry is going to have. A couple weeks ago, when Damar Hamlin's heart stopped beating on the football field, what gave him a chance to live? What gave him a chance at actually having a future? Something happened right away. A trainer came out on the field and started performing CPR. And what you saw in the news the next week, people in the community and all around were signing up to take CPR classes. People saw what happened and said, I I can maybe save a life. I got to get prepared. I have to do some work here because I maybe can too help save someone. I'm convinced We don't need more information, but we need more examples. And that's the kind of leaders we need to bring into the future. People who are examples. Parents, grandparents, we need to be the examples. Future volunteers in our our local church. If you show up and you want to serve, if your agenda 
is to promote politics. If the reason why you want to serve is so you can share like your opinions to people, you will not find a place of leadership in a church. Because the local church is not about sharing your opinions. Leaders are here to open doors. Leaders are here to to point the way to Jesus. We have one agenda. It's to point people to him. And it requires humility. And then John does something that is so helpful for any person trying to pass on something to your kids. He says in verse 30 of chapter 3, He must become greater. I must become less. It's addition and subtraction. See, humility actually has a growth process to pass on. If you're thinking, what am I going to pass on to my kids? It's addition and subtraction. It's, he must become greater in me than me. Now, subtraction, we think, okay, that means humiliate yourself. But it doesn't because Jesus said John was great. He didn't say, yeah, John's nothing. John is terrible. He didn't say this. See, the decrease is less of self. It's less of selfishness. It's less of narcissism. It's less of entitlement. It's less of pride. So this is where we, on a daily basis, we just have to examine our hearts. And so if you don't like the life that you currently have, I'm going to encourage you, you are now going to become a space explorer. What you're going to do is you're going to get in a little spaceship and you're going to roam around in the internal universe that lives inside your brain and your life and you're going to move around and say, what's not working in here? Have you noticed what's becoming greater in your heart? Am I more angry? Am I more frustrated? Am I more unhappy? You know, as those things grow in our hearts, you know, our language starts to get darker. You know, our music starts to get darker. You just have to watch what is getting greater and what needs to decrease in us. Humility has a growth process to pass on. Do you have a a growth process you can pass on to your kids? This all sounds great, but here's the reality. It's the question we started with. What's working for you? You might say, well, this didn't work for me because, you know, I I, I have some kids who are older now, or I got some grandkids who are older, or friends and relatives, and, you know, I've been an example, Joe. I've tried to be consistent example. I've tried to show the way. I've posted stuff. I got this tattoo, you know, the, of the cross here. So when I like, swim, they can see it. And all, whatever it is, like you've tried to point the way. And here's the reality for a lot of us. And the people that we love have chosen not to walk and follow God. So it's not working. I want to encourage you with something else John said. He was talking about Jesus And he had this wisdom to pass on to us. He said, he has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things. But he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard. But how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that is true. And this is the hardest part for all of us. He who accepts his testimony. Someone who accepts has open hands to receive. People have to choose it. And as much as we want to pry someone's hand open, we can't 
They have to choose it. So today I want to bring freedom to people in this room, to future parents, current parents, grandparents, anyone who's trying to mentor, help someone, because Jesus is here to bring us freedom. And some of you are not living in freedom for two reasons. One, you have to stop owning. You have to stop owning. Well, if I would have just given them more teaching, they would have chosen. If there would have just been uh, another VeggieTales video that I, I should have had on instead of the Bills game, or if there should have just been like another thing, they would have followed. Remember what John said? That we're not the Messiah. He wasn't the Messiah. We're all trying but it wasn't because you didn't give one more piece of information because you didn't show them all these theological videos. You have to stop owning it because people have to choose. The second thing would be to stop blaming. It's the children's ministry's fault because they, the paint color on the rooms didn't look like Disney and they didn't have a cool slide. There wasn't cool lights. See, we got to stop blaming because... They're not the Messiah either. I've been working with college and youth for 26 years. And here's what I can tell you from observation. I have met young people who've had the greatest homes where parents were an example and they have chosen not to follow. And I've also met kids that have grown up in the most terrible situations, terrible homes, and today, they are fully committed believers of Jesus. So we have to stop owning and blaming. And we have to realize what's true about the human condition everywhere. When people choose to walk away, they now have to work out their choices away from God. I mean, I've chosen this other life. How is it working for me? Julio Cesar Chavez, he's a successful boxer, won over 100 matches. He said, I had it all. Money, women, fame, cars, yachts, everything a man could want. But it did not give my life meaning. He said, I felt nothing. Now you would hope at this point he would have said, my life's not working I'm going to choose God. But he didn't. He said, so what did I do? The stupidest thing I could. He found refuge in drugs and alcohol. And he was writing this article because he was grieving because his sons now became drug addicts. See, we have to continually ask, how's this working for me? And our hope as a church, that we're going to keep this little fire burning every week on Sunday, but that fire gets brought out to your homes and your workplaces. And when you sit in the Sabres arena and wherever we go, we bring that little fire with us. And it's just there. And we're just waiting, walking in humility, continually week after week to be an example, week after week setting up and being ready for those who, when they get to that point where they've walked away from the fire and the world has been cold, and they say, I want to go back to that little campfire. That's the hope. That's why as a church, we're going to keep on meeting. That's why as a church, we're excited about the future. Let us continue to learn from the example of John. Let us carry humility into the future. Let us continue to be the servant 
of servants. Let us keep dying to pride and living a life of humility. Let us be people who continue to die to live. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. Let this talk do only what Jesus can. And live your life in such a way that will make the world wonder. There must be more.